the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. I am Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. I am one of your wonderful co-hosts. I am joined with my partners in football and chaos, Bridget and Eric, and it's been quite a while, a couple of weeks since we've not been able to talk to you guys virtually or pod-wise, I guess. I don't know what the right terminology is. If you if you think that I sound like I'm a little tired of horses because it was Mayor's Cup yesterday, and dear Lord, was it a nail-biter one more time. But I first want to check in with uh, Bridget. Bridget, how are you? I'm all right, man. I am just chilling in a corner of a very loud blackheart right now. So I can't hear myself talk, but I'm told that you guys can hear me. So we're good. Um, yeah, I was out here watching Liverpool and uh, also a little horse from Mare's Cup last night. Um, it was a little intense. So oh, it's been a good weekend. We've got another full day ahead here. And uh, yeah, good to be back on here and talking about all the all the crazy stuff from this week. Yeah, just checking in to see if Eric's available for any comment. If not, I'll take over and um, just talk about my day as of lately. So, Eric, you able to check in? Or are we good to go? Yeah, I can do a brief check-in. It was uh, a lot of fun with both of you two yesterday at, at Mayor's Cup. Thanks for the invite, Rodrigo. And got some great photos up on the IG, particularly of G, stepping up for the PK. Uh you know, I am not a professional photographer, but every once in a while, I just get that shot. <laughs> and that was one of them. <laughs> it turned out really nice. Um, the PK save was awesome. Uh, tell me the name of the uh, Como's keeper, Rodrigo. Oh, say, say. The, the fact that rocking the, uh, the pajama pants in, in goal was marvelous. I'd like to see more of that in... Premier League, Brasileiro, La Liga, whatever it is, let's 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 normalize pajama goalkeepers. Is what I'm saying. I mean, it reminds you literally of like the the good old days of Jorge Campos, right? When he had like, wow, yeah, like obnoxiously loud clothing, but it was just great to watch. And you know, then FIFA had to take it away from us for being being forward. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, here here's one thing that I always say, and I wanted to think, uh, of course, uh, our friends. In need, soul of the cities, uh, Mario and Sparkle Wimberly for coming in and watching the game and being part of the ceremony presentation. Also, uh, Kamal and um, other representatives from Aurora that were there for for that as well too. Um, you know, it was you know these two these this rivalry, Mayor's Cup. Is, is is going on for a very long time and it's always exciting to see it. Um last year's um was a win in overtime of a free kick. This year it went down to PKs. That's how 
that's how good these two teams are when they play each other. It's it's very personal. It can get very chippy. Um, but overall, like what a great atmosphere for soccer. I just I just could not ask for um a much better situation. Um, you know, everyone played their hearts out and um PKs comes to who's a better goalkeeper and um Como was 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 lucky to have a so I say on go and be able to block two two PKs and one for win it. I think uh, if you guys follow the Como Girls FC, I think the video uh, of one of the players who caught the who who caught the end uh, was interesting. But also, it's always fun when you when you when you get a coach all soaking wet of water uh, when it's like forty degrees outside. I think that was probably one of <laughs> the funnest things to see and just overall. Um, a big day for the seniors. Mayor's Cup, again, you know, one of my favorite. Because uh, in, in addition, you know, St. Paul Cup was also played on Friday, which is inspired by the Mayor's Cup. Um, and it was uh, Highland versus Central. Central boys ended up winning 2-1. Uh, and the uh, Highland, Highland Scots uh, girls soccer team ended up taking it to PKs and winning 3-2. So... Um, again, like, like I've said many times, like every high school student should get the, or player should get the experience to be able to play in a professional stadium. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that, you know, um, people are getting that opportunity. So the question is what they're going to do next year. So because Justin not technically for, yeah. for clarifying all that stuff for me, because otherwise I would have ended up probably at the loons game, which, you know. We'll talk about it in a second. Wouldn't have been a bad thing, but I had it all crossed in my brain between St. Paul Cup and Mayor's Cup, and thought I was going to Allianz about I don't know what five hours before things started. <laughs> and Bridget called and is like, "No." <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> I knew I knew I had to get ahead of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Where is this? Did it already happen? <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> Uh, nice. Um, well, should we get started out of that? I guess we could begin with uh, yeah, man. like nothing's happened over two weeks, guys. Absolutely nothing. Not a darn thing. Yeah, may as well just jump right in. Let's do it. Let's let's rewind a little bit so we can kind of set up where we're going here. Um, so over the past couple weeks, it, it's been um, dark days, might be the way to say it for for Minnesota United. Um. Lose at home, which is a common theme that will be repeated to Sporting KC uh, at late, as I recall. Um, the really rough one was they go to LA Galaxy the following Wednesday. And yeah. cor- correct me if I'm wrong, guys, wasn't it like a three to one halftime lead, Minnesota? Yeah. The funniest thing is that Hassani Dotson scores first. Yeah. Like four minutes into it, and it was a good goal. Like you know, it was, it was. a garbage goal, and he headed it in, and we're like, "Oh, okay." And this then what? Great. Two minutes. Two minutes later. Yes. Yeah. And the walls came a tumbling down, Jericho style. Uh, your your final was four three. That would be three unanswered Galaxy goals to come back and just kind of it's like a WWE drop kick. It was brutal. Um, meltdown, absolute meltdown. Um, a few days later, back at home, again, the theme continues. 
uh, was it Minnesota? Did Minnesota score first again on this one, right? Against St. Louis? I feel like they had the early goal also. On uh, I believe so. Yeah. And yet, you know, St. Louis being like this, this dream narrative, as we've kind of mentioned before, they, they get it together and they win two to one again at home. Um, at this point, Minnesota has fallen out of the playoff line there below. And they get uh, San Jose at home with a chance to maybe get back on top of that line. They do not. They tie. They At least they don't lose. It's a 1-1 tie. This brings us to last, this past Wednesday, the 4th, where once again they go to L.A. for the other L.A. team, LAFC, where again they score first, guys. There's <laughs> like common themes throughout this entire thing. It's a trend uh, all the time. A, <laughs> uh, a really early goal. Yep, uh, quickly followed by yeah, Dotson followed by an LAFC goal, and it's like one one, and I don't know, like five minutes, six minutes had passed, and not a lot of time, and like massive goals coming. Um, and yeah, there would be more, but there wouldn't be any more for Minnesota United. <laughs> uh, Buanga just uh, super Saiyan turns it on, uh, gets a hat trick. Um, they score two more. Or one more, I suppose, for five. He could have scored eight. Like, seriously. Like, he would have scored eight, and then the golden boot's over. Like, there's yep. no way someone is going to catch. I, I, we, we should recap who's the golden boot at this current moment, because I have no idea. It's him, After it's Olden. Yeah. It's, it's tight, though. It's him by one, I think, over... I can't remember right now. Yeah, it's close. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, so yeah. it's not looking good for us, so... No. No. That prediction that I made that we get ninth would is not looking good either. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so yeah, just complete destruction. Absolutely. I think yeah, lots of fans are frustrated. Every home game, um, you you um, you start hearing more like a sense of like booze growing, and I think it was it was obvious, um, you know that at one point you know things were going to be pointed in one way or one direction. Um, we did debut the um, the uh, vamos united la vamos, vamos a cagar kind of thing, and then like it seemed to catch on in our section, which is great. Um, yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, Wonder World will, will will accept my my um, my what is it called my uh, what's it? updated up yeah no my updated lyrics, and I'll accept it as one of it'll appear in your app as songs to sing because. Only singing when we're losing, guys, which seems to be a lot. <laughs> so, so I'll throw it to Bridget here, since she, Bridget kind of uh, spread the news as as it was kind of flying in. So Thursday, that ha- the the LAFC beatdown happens Wednesday. Thursday passes, we get to Friday, and clearly there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that we don't all know about. Take it away, Bridget. Yeah, so it was probably what it was early, like eight fifteen or so, before a um, couple hours before United starts training each day, and Tom Bogert, of course, Tommy Scoops um, from the Athletic, uh, tweets out that the club has has terminated both Adrian Heath and Mark Watson, um, and for that timing, you know, it's uh, that was kind of one of the main questions: why now? You know, the day before the last home game of the season, which we'll get into a little bit more on on the timing aspect. But um, so, yeah, Bogart drops it. 
Uh, it took another half hour or so for uh, local media to really get on the story and, and chase down some more information. Um, so I spent the first hour of my workday on my phone, like trying to, trying to get people uh, coordinated. Um, but yeah, so so Heath out, Mark Watson out, uh, sh assistant Sean McCauley to be interim coach for the remaining two games. Um, not a surprise there. Um, Let's not forget Harrison Heath out. <laughs> that's out. Yeah, I was going there next. So, um, you know, there was there was some initial confusion, like as people are trying to get more details. Well, what about Harrison? What about this? What about that? Um, and Sherry Ballard did say, yep, the, the scouting team is still in place. Aside from Harrison Heath, he has also exited the club. She didn't say fired necessarily, but I mean, if your father's fired and he's how you got your job then I think you just pack up your stuff and you go. So, um, so he left. Um, so it was funny. One of the, one of our photos, uh, I can't remember which of our photographers took it, but there's a close up of, um, Keith and Harrison and Watson all in the box watching a game and everyone in that picture is now gone. Um, I mean, of course, after this is year seven, uh you know after all this time um you know of course local media all they've said about it is they fired the only coach they've ever known it's like well not exactly but okay um but yeah it's sherry ballard at training uh on friday same day um spoke to media a little bit joined sean mccauley to, to talk about the whole thing and she did say and i just to preface this, I wasn't there. Andy Greeter, like, live-tweeted the whole thing and, and posted the video. Um, so you can go there for, for his sources. But uh, Sherry said, you know, the the home games are definitely one of the factors that, that played into this, and it was the, the right time. Of course, as this, ha as this is happening, Portland is finalizing their list um, to replace Gio Severisi. Uh, New England Revolution are also active in the process right now. Heath is the eighth coach, which is a new league record. And then last night, so many. Yeah, and then, and last, then last night, night, Wayne Rooney mutually parts ways with DC yep. United. So we'll get into that again later. But uh, so that's nine. That's nine coaches, and that means that's nine searches. Essentially, everyone is interim at the moment. Nobody's hired a new uh, full time. Um, so, I mean, uh, timing-wise, everyone's looking for a coach, which means you want to be looking to get in the market now and not just pick up, you know, everyone who's been dropped by everyone else. So, obviously, there's a few clubs ahead of Minnesota in terms of searching and uh, negotiating. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. But uh, at this point in the year, you've got to be on top of it. You don't want to get into the situation, yeah. which is uh, what you – really wouldn't surprise us with this club is where we're sitting in like January, February, getting ready for preseason. And then they're like, okay, we're in final talks with these three. So get, I'll give them credit for the timing on that for sure. Um, are we going to get Gio Severese? Doubt it. Are we going to get any of the, <laughs> are we going to get any of the, the really big names floating around? No, but I mean, there's there's plenty of guys available who would work within, you know, kind of the system that is set with these players. Okay. Um, 
let me throw a crazy one out there and if it happens like i will i don't know i will do something for the patrons uh but landon donovan dude i yeah. was actually i was thinking that last night i mean they loyal's done he he hasn't been coaching for loyal for a year year and a half um but yeah I, he's pretty much available and i would not mind that one at all so he came up too on uh so our our always awesome colleague dave from dave's i know and dan wade they did a emergency pod that's spectacular if you guys want to listen to it uh wade has some amazing statistics that even we were talking about this at the match yesterday that I wasn't even thinking about that are that are it's worth listening to. But yeah, they 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 ran down their list and he was on there as well. Um I just think, man, he's such a California kid. I, there would be some serious enticing uh to get him to move to Minnesota. Not to say that it, it can't I mean, happen, if he, but... yeah. It would be difficult for sure, but if he wants to keep moving up, you yeah, kinda have to you have does. to leave your you have to leave your state at some point. And if yeah. you're looking for I think this is the right it's the right kind of team for him. I mean, obviously he'd be able to kind of build it to make it his team, but it's a really solid foundation for him to work with. Yeah. And Who considering, knows? considering the things that he did with, with loyal, they, they were successful um, in terms of, you know, if Minnesota United would like to, um, you know, make some baby steps on the whole acting as a progressive club as they, as they claim to be, um, he would be the right He'd be the right hire to actually, you know, fill fill in that gap, try to connect some dots for them, um, points A and B, and make it work. But uh, I mean, I I think it's I think that's possible. You all know how much I love Landon Donovan. So I was gonna say I'm the source over here. <laughs> you all know how much I love Landon Donovan. So, um, but who knows? It could it could also, if it were to happen, it could also point to perhaps a return of a former loon who was part of the San Diego Loyal, who we all care and love about. Mm -hmm. So I think that could be in play. Um, I think Gio is going to – Gio is top right now. He has yeah. to he, – he's going to land wherever he wants to land to, whether that's Toronto. That's, or... Yeah, he's got, he's got his pick. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. is, <laughs> the reason that we didn't get him the first time around is money, and he's worth more now than he was seven years ago. I think that's um, going to be the kicker right there. In that's, fact, yeah. And does he, from coming. I mean, if he wants a project, <laughs> if he wants a project for cheap, I guess, you know. But I uh, mean, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I, no. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind um, Joe Ellis either. I'm just saying that. Just oh, that'd be awesome. kick these, kick these guys around. That'd be awesome. You know. So, just, I don't want to rehash. Do, 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 do some, do some, you know, Google Sheet planning, eight months ahead of time. So then that way, you know, Reynoso's tantrum is, you know, scheduled for like, you know, January instead of like, you know, <laughs> mid mid April don't, type of thing. And right? uh, don't hinge your entire game planner on one dude. Yeah, good, good idea. <laughs> I was just gonna say I, I don't want to rehash everything they already talked about on their emergency pod, but I mean. I just kind of want to get the temperature and your reactions and whatnot. Cause I mean, I know anybody that listens to this podcast, much like they listen to TDIK or any other one, like we've, we've been on this for years to the point where cousin Jeff texted me when it finally landed in his lap. And he's just like, I have been hearing this from you for like at least six years. How do you feel? And I'm like, Oh, he says, he says, is it anticlimactic? And I'm like, yes, 
yes, Jeff, that's exactly what it feels like. It's just, okay, there it is. There. It's like, it um, it's like, it's like death and taxes eventually going to happen. So <laughs> we, we like, we all knew that it was, it was, it was in, you know, we knew how they, but I, I think what pushed it over and, this, and we all talked about this is the, the fact that this squad is the most talented personnel wise that Heath has ever had. Right. And let's think about this, right? Robin Lude is injured, right? He's out for the season. One of your top playmakers and you bring in, SPJ and you being in Pookie and you're still able to function. Uh, I mean, if you have to give, you know, um, Bongi has blossomed into a much better player now. Um, you know, it's 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 all clicking in a sense offensively. Defensively, we still need some work, but overall, this is the most talented on paper squad he's ever had, and you can't win home games. That's you know that's yeah, gonna you know, that's gonna bite you. That's gonna bite you. You're gonna if you lose points, it's gonna come and bite you. And we were and always talking. Wait, yeah. You don't want to wait until he drives the squad into the ground, right? Like they, you know, we've we've seen that happen a few seasons where he's, you know, every every guy's just playing being played into the ground without um, without much support because they're just being thrown into those situations. And so you don't want that to get any worse before you drop them right and it's um obviously each of those one or two more players hasn't been like the answer right and eventually you have to acknowledge that maybe there's another problem you know one of those doors that has not been revolving every three four six months um so it was it was time uh and you know for the front office to to acknowledge that like they must have had kind of a timeline and, and thought, look, if we're not at this point by this date, we need to have that conversation. And I think they've had, been having that conversation for a bit. I know the assistants weren't thrilled either uh, with how things were going. Um, and if you just look at the lineup last night versus the lineup on, on Wednesday, um, you can kind of see like where, where everybody stood. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting situation because you get to that by this point you think well it's just never going to happen and i think we were all kind of like just over it like okay it's nothing's going to happen here a, so yeah you bring up an interesting point there bridget because there's only two matches left and he could have he could have gone out on his own terms and just quit and resigned and whatever and you know it just would have been like a he wouldn't, he wouldn't have lost all the, the, the connections and the accolades and blah, 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 whatever. But the fact that the club decided to move with two matches left kind of implies that, like you're saying, that there was a buildup of some point. Yeah. And especially after, especially right. after giving him the contract extension and then just sitting here and watching the season happen. Hmm. It's, I mean, you, you cut him when you still have, because going into yesterday, they do, they're not mathematically eliminated after is like going into today they're still in a decent position to make playoffs so so um you know you don't necessarily want to give him the chance to be like well you know we tried now i'm i'm gonna take my bags and go uh which is what wayne rooney did last night uh, which Mm -hmm. we'll get to uh so it, it 
I mean, it is a, a credit to that phone knowing that there was there was a line, and they acknowledged when when it had been crossed, and we're like, okay, things could things could be going better, and we need to do something. Um, it's yeah. yeah, it's it's late, obviously, but also, I nothing surprises me with this club anymore. It's still like. At first, when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, that actually happened." And then later, it's like, "Okay, yeah, they they had to do something." And then, yeah, yeah so I don't know. Going into speculation mode here, I, I I know the supporters had something planned for Saturday. It obviously didn't happen because they had meetings with the front office and probably got got some uh, advance notice of what was going to happen. No, they didn't. Um, they didn't. They, they had no. They had no advance notice. Those those meetings were like two or three weeks ago. So I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that any of those meetings actually went anywhere. Um, their plans well, for the game. Yeah, go ahead. Their plans for the game yesterday was just a bunch of Heath out banners. Is what I was. Told. Which, and as we learned like yesterday, well, you learned Bridget because you got it to me. Like the the AV folks decided to go on strike again. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons that we talked about, was it, la- it was just last season, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Same company, yeah. same issues, same union busting. And because, I mean, good on them, like great tactic to kind of drop it at the last minute where they don't have a single chance to find scabs or anybody else to cover. So there, so there was no media coverage, no no video well, there was, media coverage. There, there was a live stream online with like limited camera angles. So it was a crappy yeah. stream, but there was there was a stream they did put it out. But yeah, you're I mean, you're right. Obviously there was no, you know, no crowd shots, but are yeah. there crowd shots anyway? Right, right, right. <laughs> like if, yeah, if they're exactly. if they're displaying a bunch of heath out banners, Apple's not going to be like, "Hey, let's go to camera number or whatever and show the Wonderwall and 20 heath out banners." That's not that's not what happens. Those banners were not for the people at home. The banners were for the FO. Um, and, I, and I think that's another another good good thing as well too to point out is that um, what they're what the union is is asking for is is not astronomically a, a large demand where where you know no. we're no and it's it, yeah fifty dollars fifty dollars a day towards healthcare contributions and it works out too. There's well, like there's only twelve thousand dollars a year. Yeah, or something there's like, like that. a handful of these of these people, and this is uh, so the union that we spoke about last year. It's the same union, but the group that got their contract last year, theirs is negotiated and good. These are the technicians who like run the video board, and there's a smaller number of them who didn't get everything completely worked out last year. Um, and they've so they've been it's been ongoing. I think seven or eight months uh, that they've been negotiating this. Um, and they decided enough was enough. Uh, but I, I found out today that, uh, someone who was like in charge of the negotiations is actually like out of town and unavailable to negotiate. So, um, so we'll see like how that turns out, but I mean, yeah, you, you have one last home game to, to, to make a statement and they had every right to, to make that statement. And, and really, like, yeah, it's twelve thousand dollars, and for the club to put out the statements that they did, just throwing yeah, it back that was them. horrible. Um, and at one point, uh, I think one of the one of the concessions was, well, they'll they said that 
we're they'll make it so that we can deduct that money from our wages it's like no that's part of the contract should be that that's added on like you're not paying that yourself like saying yes you can spend your money on this that you work for sure like that's not what they're that's not what they want um really like really basic stuff that we've been talking about since the pandemic that that covid really brought to light was you know the the lack of of healthcare assistance um super basic thing pretty small thing they were asking for uh we've been talking about that at the bar this morning like you know for the one of the beer stands probably makes about that much money per game yeah uh, and totally. and could right. cover it so or, it's like or if apple to be were to reimburse us for not showing at least you know showing the game yeah. on the apple tv yeah, could we donate that would be enough that'd be look would be enough for it to be able to cover it and i think that's 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 the conversation we're talking about uh a minnesota united owner who made their money in the healthcare industry who is not willing to prove, you know, $12,000 as a used car. Come on, man. Just go ahead and, 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 you know, stop having so much bad PR against you when you already have bad PR going against you and just go ahead and, 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 you know, at least try to attempt to meet them more than halfway. But I think it's yeah. it's it's a it's a legit ask and it's a valid ask and it should yeah. have to be a conversation about it. You should just get it done. And I think that's a frustrating thing, and it, and it, and it's also it's like a culmination of what a lot of the fan base has had this year with this team. It's just just been a lot of uh, frustration, and I think this is you yeah. know this this is the 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 tip of tip of the iceberg right there. It's just is is you can put it all together, and then this is just. This is just yeah, adds think, on to it even more. So I think yesterday really showed like how all these things kind of accumulate um, and take a and take a toll on the fan base because everyone's excited, you know, going into a game without Heath, going into the fan appreciation game, no less. Um, and finally, like feeling like, okay, maybe we're getting somewhere. And then less than 12 hours later, the union announces this strike. And it's like, you can't even... You can't even just ride it out and like ride out everyone's appreciation and enjoyment for a full 24 hours before you pull this stuff. Uh, and obviously, it's been going on for a long time, and the union is running out of time. I mean, you, you know, we've we've talked about this before in relation to many other issues. You know, some people say, "Well, you can strike. Why don't you just strike in the off season?" But that's that's not how you make a statement, right? You you want it to affect everyone. It's a game that everyone. I think with Heath out, maybe that was, I don't know this for sure, maybe that helped them decide to do it because everyone's paying attention to this game. You know, the the 10th and 11th place, well, I think it was 11th and 12th as of yesterday, but, you know, everyone is suddenly paying attention to this game. Let's strike. Let's do it. Like, that's that's what I would do if I were planning. Hey, I, thing, I, so. great, great job at planning and good job at executing yeah. and bringing attention to the issue. Uh, we look forward to reporting more information, but also reporting that there is an agreement and, you know, someone decided to open up their wallet um, and just, you know, let, let some loose change fly and just be like, hey, let's go ahead and be fair for once about something. And so so bringing it back just for a little bit. So another speculative thing I have is we've talked about this, too, that the locker room was probably gone at a much longer time in the past. And I, I wonder if there was, there were 
some kind of talks about some kind of action with the players. And again, no, I have no confirmation of this. I'm just speculating that maybe things might have been flying around too. Um, but so like what you all were saying before, I, I, there's, there's, you know, you, you, we, we, we talk about um, recovery and, and repair a lot in, in mental health. And I just feel like there's this, this front office needs to do so much in terms of repair with the supporters, especially over the last seven years. And, and I, I don't have an answer of how that's going to happen, but I mean, I know I'm not the only person that they've lost. They've lost many, many people over a lot of this time, uh, not just because of the coach, but because of their actions and everything else. So like, I don't know, I, I put it out there for you all maybe to respond to, but what maybe the question is, what is something they can do going forward to kind of show in good faith that, you know, they still do care about the supporters, not, not just having fan appreciation day or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Obviously there's going to be a new coach, but I don't know. I'll put it out there. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be blunt and honest. Like, I don't know if they, I don't want to say they care, but I don't think it's there in, in their interest. As, as long as there's a ticket, you know, uh, uh, as long as there's people still on the waiting list, to buy season tickets, I, I think that's what 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 affects overall. Like, what can they do? Small steps to repair. I don't know if they can repair anything. Yeah. In a sense, I think sometimes the best thing to do is just start fresh. And I don't know what they can and can't do. Like, I think one step that we talked about is you know highlight your players who are out in the community. I think that's that's one thing you can do. Have more of that, right? We've 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 all seen them out there. And they don't get the press that they do when they are out there, right? So make sure that you you do that. You do more community engagement. That will that will lead to better appreciation. But when it comes to uh, you know ticket sales and filling the stadium, uh, I mean, it's always going to rely on their numbers, and they're not going to change that. They're they're not going to change that stance. They might they might they might flex a little bit on certain things, but I mean. You know, like Hispanic National Night or whatever they had there. It was horrible. It's like it's like it's like you know. It's like oh look, you're finally having announcements in Spanish. Why don't we have this more often? Oh, just that one day. All oh, right. And then even the translate, not the translation, but like in the monitors where they were doing, you know, it's like it would say S A P right instead of when the sounds like you wouldn't even explain anything. That's like it's like. It's like, look, if you're going to do something like that, engage people in the community. I love watching Luis Fitch. I think Luis Fitch is a is, is, a, is a good guy, like a great artist who's been around for a long time, and I've known him. Um, but do other stuff, you know. Go to any any U, right? Which is you know the Northeast uh, Northeast Soccer Club, who is you know does a lot of you know they they ha- a lot of their players are uh, of Latinx or Latino or heritage. Right. Highlight, highlight what they're doing. Right. Go out and do other stuff. Right. I mean, really invest. That's it. That's all I think I think you can do. Ticket sales wise, that conversation is just, we're never going to win that argument. Like yeah, we, we can, know, we can, oh, we man. can say, we can, we can say that, you know, we buy tickets, we amount, but we're not, we're not the percentage enough for them to be able to take, take, take that. Sure. We can, we can take action and we can walk out and, Nobody in the Wonder Wall, but in the end, they don't have to show the Wonder Wall. <laughs> they got access to, you know, when 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 they 
if they decide to fix everything else with the union, and that's a different conversation. But I mean, you you hear what I'm saying is like they can manipulate what message they send yeah, out. I mean, we we talked about this during COVID. Like they weren't they weren't going to cancel uh, matches or, or require vaccination or anything like that because people were still showing up and buying tickets. And as long as people are showing up, they don't necessarily they don't need it to be you know the people who have been around for 15 years. They just need people in their seats um or in the wall and we've seen a lot more people joining the wall who are not affiliated with supporters groups um so it's not like the wall is going to be empty you know it's it's uh it's we would think it's a majority of people but in terms of you know season ticket sales it's a minority and they they have no reason to and as as we've seen um i mean if you think things are improving right now, I've got five empty parking lots to show you, right? <laughs> and like, you know, plans for a sculpture garden. Like we can't, you can't pay your your employees 12 grand uh, in health benefits, but you can build a giant loon to, to fill an empty parking lot um, that is not being right. used as a parking lot. So like, right. it, I mean, the community investment thing is like, it, I mean, stay on them, obviously, but but also like, most of the things that they've already promised or you know when they said the right things those things just haven't happened yet and that's i mean it's an indictment of the club for sure but do they have much of incentive to change not really there's there's people on the waiting list trying to trying to get season tickets there's still people showing up i see people in loons merchandise all over the place uh who have never even been to a game you know, they're, they're, they're selling stuff. Uh, they're getting their money and there's, that's MLS now. So we're never, it's, we're never going to, never going to get our, uh, never going to get our 51%, uh, uh, supporter owned buy-in thing like the Bundesliga. No. That's still a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, dreams are nice to have, but the, the reality is, as like, you know, as they as don't owe us anything. And yeah. And as long as ownership is required to, you know, have have the certain amount of, you know, monetary buy-in by the league, it's not going to be someone who who's really focused on that. You can, you, it's it's like politics. You can say all the right things and get in there, and then kind of do whatever. And if if you're footing the bill, no one can really say too much. So, um, yeah. I mean, there's obviously there's there's been a little bit more backlash now, and like nationally, not just locally um after george floyd and you know there there was a magnifying glass on the state and i i think they they felt the need to push a little bit more but you know when when people aren't watching when people aren't pushing them uh when it's not just you know the minority of, of the uh the originals the ogs so to speak um they're not going to have that motivation to do anything and uh, and in terms of business do they have to no I mean, they, they promised it, so they should. But are they going to be okay if they don't? Yep. I mean, just, just so, look at the Red Bulls. The great, great organization, <laughs> right? Still don't have a stadium for, like, what, 20? <laughs> like, it's like they don't have a stadium, right? And so like, that's because, you know, and, and I understand and I understand your frustration, Eric, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm with you in that sense because a lot of us have put this, what we consider, like, sweat equity into this club right prior to that and that has value it has value but does it have value for for the fo and all the other ones and it's like that's a that's a good question 
I don't think so. I think the value is within you. And if you're looking to have some sort of reparation or um, fixing, I think um, the reality is go spend your, your, your good, good times and you still value and your love for the game and put it into something that, you know, will go give that back to you like Aurora. Right. Which, 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 which all of us have in a sense, right. It's like we go there and we sense to feel a sense of community, feel a sense of pride, feel a sense of connect connectivity and appreciation and invest, invest your time in, in that. And as, as painful as it might be to just let it go on, on this section, it's like, you know, money talks, Money matters in the MLS now, and it's you know, and unfortunately, as much as we hate to to do that, you know, it, it's been the reality the past six seven years with this club that yeah. the decisions yeah. that they make is not is not driven by by the fan base that got them here. But you can also you can also invest. Um, Man City happening in the background, uh, you know, invest in the groups that are still doing that work. I mean, the SGs are doing the the all the neighborhood involvement and the club is sending people out and helping to coordinate some of that they're doing midway yeah. neighborhood mm-hmm. cleanups and stuff invest in that stuff i mean people the more they see people out doing that um i think it it does put a little bit of pressure on on the club to be like well why can't we you know why don't people sign up when we do this and it's well you're not you're not pushing it as much you don't have the you don't have that base. Um, you know, we've, we've got the core dark clouds folks who show up to everything and then it's, you know, whoever word of mouth, whoever you can bring with you. Mm -hmm. Um, if they, if they start buying into that a little bit more, that that's going to be huge. People, people know that they're around, right? Like you'll, you'll see the the neighborhood on Twitter be like, Oh, I actually saw some people out in, in United gear, like walking around and cleaning up. Eventually that stuff kind of picks up. Um, and yeah and and support so if, the players support the players yeah, that are support. out in the community doing the things like exactly. you know we yeah. we've all like you know you know like communities like solo the cities and eric dick who comes out there and nobody asks him to right because yep. he values that you know like like talk about that you know elevate that you know and 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 focus your energy on stuff like that so that way you know you get that I mean, I think that's the only way that, I mean, for me, it's going to be, that's where I get my repair from. I'm like, you know, I will, I, I pay my ticket, I go watch a game, I get to yell and I get to enjoy, you know, something with my, with my family. But at the end, I know that I go home and I do the work and that's, and that's it. So. I just want to squeeze in my, uh, now that we got Heath out, finally get my Maguire out as well. So we can keep shooting for the moon. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think we could probably, wrap on that point although we do need to talk about yesterday with interim coach whoever i can't even remember the guy's name john sean mccauley yeah he's a he's a dos loons coach right yep yeah yeah Yeah. i thought Uh, the same showed up in a huge way while while we were watching the uh the the young women throw down over at at como uh apparently decided to do his own throw down uh we actually had to look this up bridget and i were talking about it at one point, it was a brace, then quickly a hat trick, and then there were four. What's four called? You guys remember? A it's hall. A, a hall. Hooky hall. Uh, 5-2, your final Minnesota over LA Galaxy. Kind of a, a huge statement win that they desperately needed to stay yeah. alive here. 
And thanks to Bridget, we know that now LA Galaxy is officially eliminated from the playoffs after that result. Right. Um, and Galaxy has had a tough season. Yeah, um, so I don't know what's going to happen with that club. We had um, to root for them, though, is the thing. They play, uh, I think it was Dallas, right? Is that what I said? Yes. Nope. Yeah. Uh, they play Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. So, which so. is what? Uh, is Israel also like like third or second? They're sixth. They're sixth. Okay. Dallas play then. Yeah. Dallas so plays. Is, they've got LA the twenty first, so LA is actually got is two games back. So that's what's going uh, on. Okay. Yeah, they're still so, making up from uh, champions. There you go. On Kakaf, whatever. Um. Yeah, so yeah, I mean so it's 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 tight. So Minnesota's in eleventh, tied with Kansas City with forty-one points. So that's ten and eleven. Uh, but Kansas City is one more win, so that's the tiebreaker there. Uh, but Portland up in seventh has forty-three points. So that's just a, a two-point gap um, between Minnesota in eleventh and Portland in seventh. Uh, so when I mean, next game, last game is going to be supporting Kansas City. Uh, tied on points with a little bit of help from the other teams. If if the Loons can pull it off against Sporting, they can jump up uh, at least one place. With some help, they can jump up two or three. Uh, so it's a positive. It's I mean, it's, it's like it's like 2018 all over all over again. Pretty much, uh, yeah. <laughs> When you had to wait for other people to to win, lose, or or tie, and I mean that's you know that's the way it is right now. And I think like we we talked about it, like even though it's it there, it seems to be that the that the firing of of Heath might come at a late. It comes at a point where like you need to make that change for the future, because there's so many of these coaches that are going to you know there's so many other coaches that are on the hot seat right now that. Um, you know, speaking of Casey, you know, that's, that's a, that's another, that's another coach that's been not putting, uh, with, with a leading goal, well, not with a, with a, with a leading scholar who has got over 13 goals, right? I mean, that's, you know, what are you going to do with that? So, you know, How long we'll has see. He's been around. I mean, he's seven years. I mean, he's been around longer than he. He's like 10 plus. It's 10 years. Wow. I think he's the most 10 year coach. Yeah. I think he is now. Yeah. After, after a couple of the firings this year. He's Dang. left up top. Um, yeah. We we were talking about Golden Boot Race. Uh, Wang is that that put him way ahead. He's in. He has nineteen, and Acosta is behind him with sixteen. And then it's it's tight behind them. Did Pookie but, go, score ten total then? Yeah, yeah. So he went from six to ten. He's He's the leader for the loons. He's got two so, more than Bongi now. Yeah, so he's the leader for the loons ever since Christian Ramirez left. Like he's the top scoring like in that position, right? Because last year it was Ray. Ray was yeah. a midfielder, scored ten. Yep. And um, second and Pookie's the second to get a hat trick since Quintero, and uh, yeah, only the first player to get. First player in MLS to get, to get four, four goal goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, is yep. that right? In, in yep. the whole league? Wow. Yeah. I don't think any of us ever scored four goals. So, no. So, Pookie, go for five. You know, yeah. 
Oh, I have to look that one up again. I, I saw yeah. it yesterday and I forgot. Um, let's mention really quickly before we wrap up MLS stuff here. Uh, Inter Miami hosted Cincinnati. This was a must-win to keep the the pink flamingoey messiless dream alive. It did not happen. Uh, that division leading already clinched Cincinnati. Beat them one nil. So Inter Miami eliminated officially. It was it was a long shot, especially after losing Messi. You know, I I remember, well, he remember was, who I was, he was talking back. about. He was back last night. He played. Yeah. Oh, did he, he play? Yeah, yeah he was back. He, play? Uh, he only played 35 minutes. Okay. Because of his hamstring. Um, yeah. But I didn't think he was going to play at all. No. Because yeah. there were, the rumors were out there that he had like a small two centimeter tear on his on his hamstring. And yeah, I figured uh, he'd be, and he got called up for Argentina. So I figured, yeah. uh, figured they'd have to rest him. But. But the thing, um, the thing is too is like that battle, I guess. was it was the messy experiment so far this MLS season something that was worth it? And you have to think about um um the cup, right? I think yeah. and the hype and everything else that came with it. Um I think boosted sales. I mean oh. for Apple, and, and, like Apple's income is like doubled on MLS. So I, I think it uh yeah, I, th- I think it worked. It, it got them close. Like it made them contenders up to this point, right? Like they yeah. they had a chance. Um, so we were talking about between the three of them, between Messi, Busquets, and Alba, like to keep Inter Miami moving and functioning as a unit and winning, you needed two thirds of those to be happening, right? And the fact they lose both Alba and Messi over the past couple weeks, like that's where they just kind of like had the tailspin. Um, not to say that, I mean, who knows? Does that guarantee? I don't know. But I think the probability rises significantly if you've got at least got Busquets and Alba playing together to kind of keep things afloat. But in my opinion, and I don't remember who it was recently, I was just talking to somebody about this, but losing both of them like was kind of the agreement that that's really what sunk them. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, like, you know, it was it was the excitement and the hype overall and to be able to watch, you know, probably what I would consider the best player in my generation, right? I've seen come and play. Because um, I watched the tail end of Diego Armando Maradona, right? And 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 so, like, but to watch something like that is, is worth the money, I think. And I think it's, it's, it's going to pay off. I mean, now the rumors are that, you know, they might loan him out to Barcelona, which is weird because I don't think that's going to happen. Barcelona has a has enough issues as, as as they do, but you know, rumors are rumors. But I I've got yes. another one. That's go ahead. Uh, so they're saying that uh, when he's done with his Miami contract, he'll probably go back to Newell's old boys. I did see that. Um, and re- officially retire there before coming back to MLS as an owner, coach, whatever his whatever his deal is. Um, yeah. I haven't I haven't heard the lone one though. That's interesting. I, I, yeah, I mean, there's there's rumors always up when it comes to Messi. There's always rumors out there about anything, right? I mean, so so well, the one that dropped today that apparently is not a rumor from, through Brasileiro is that Suarez has closed out Gremio after this season, which they've still got another two months or whatever. So he'll finish out, and more than likely, can't say hundred percent, but he might be 
coming up as well and joining. There's also the rumor floating around that Beckham apparently has just been taking uh, dumb trucks full of cash and dumping it on Luka Modric <laughs> to try and get him to come. So a Suarez Modric addition to that team. In order for that to happen, pretty, the MLS pretty phenomenal. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm just saying, in order in order for that to happen, they the have MLS to rewrite. Yeah, they have to rewrite yeah. the rules. There's no yeah, way that's happening. It wouldn't be the first time, though, right? This is Galaxy not that long ago. Well, they're they're already talking about like, and the other owners are saying, look, if we're gonna keep doing this, like, we need to change everything because Miami right now is just using loopholes essentially um, as an experiment. So. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to, and I think knowing that those guys are potentially in the pipeline probably lights that fire to make that happen sooner. Um, you know, it's it's uh, more motivation for them to uh, to do all of that. So yeah, we'll see. You know, any other final final comments on MLS or the? The Heathless er- Heath era coming to a close. If, what do y'all think? Um, what's that? What 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 does Charlie Brown say all the time? Good grief! There you go. That sounds like a good way to take a break. I think good place to to take a break, and we'll be back. Uh, I'll do some international stuff. Stick around. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota football show. It is international news section, and while we were taking a break, we were checking all our international news, and our new hired intern, we're not paying him, but... um, Santi has uh, been doing some fact-checking for us, but he will break in the next news that we've had. A Saudi Arabian club, also known as Al-Itihand, withdrew from the Asian Cup due to an due to a Iranian statue that caused very much controversy, and they're going to be playing the game at a neutral ground. There you have it. Well From the voice of our fact checker here at the Minnesota Football Show. The Minnesota Football Show is for the kids. We don't pay <laughs> your kids, but we'll use them well, to get we'll a hire them. We'll hire them. Yeah. We will use them. Yeah. yeah. So as as our Santi, our fact checker of the Minnesota, the official fact checker for the Minnesota Football Show, um, mentioned uh, Saudi soccer team made a last minute withdrawal from the Asian Champions League match in Iran due to the controversy over the vice of Iranian general who was assassinated by the United States in 2020. Al-Itihan, which was due to play Sef- Sefahan FC um, at um, was it Naj Jahan Stadium in Isfahan, Iran, protested the presence of the bust of Qasem Soleimani, late commander of the Iranian Revolutionary Guards Quds Force at the entrance of the pitch. So, right, he's a revered martyr by the Iranian hardliners, but seen as a, seen in Adi as a terrorist for having empowered Iran-backed militias in the Arab world in spite of sowing instability across the region. So, he's definitely that means, not reading this like right off the phone, guys. Oh, gosh, no, I don't do that. Great 
straight stream of conscious from right me. i mean santi wrote these notes for us guys we got to be able yeah, to get this yeah. thing yeah we got to be giving him all the credit so this, he wrote all these notes so so eventually that's one um then they will be playing in a neutral ground without the bust of the uh controversial general but overall like you know what craziness else is that we have this has been like international week of like everything you know what it i just mean depends on where you want to go man you can almost pick a region and you know yeah right throw well a, throw a dart yeah let's <laughs> throw a dart here's my dart let's go to psg oh yeah no. i'll let you take the lead on this one I all right I, 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 I PSG can set it up no, no. yeah do go it, ahead it, say it, it. Well, the, from what I remember, I know Hakimi's in there. There's four players that were dropping some homophobic BS, and it, it took a long time for there to be any kind of a reaction. But I'll let you take it from there. Finally, it sounds like things something is happening. How are these Saint Germain players? Randall, Colo, Moani, Osman Dembele, Akshraf, Hakimi, and Levin Kursawa have been handed suspend, suspended one-match suspensions for their roles in offensive chance, uh, uh, the LFP said on Thursday. During last month's League One, League one match against Marseille, um, fat PSG fans were heard celebrating with anti-gay chants directed at Marseille, which, of course, those four players joined in. Uh, French Sport uh, Daily L'Equipe said PSG players were also involved in offensive chanting. The LFP handed the players suspended one match suspension effective from October 10th and decided to close the Attila stand at the Palais de Prince for two matches, one which was suspended. And, of course, the club regrets that the disciplinary commission has opted for an excessive and a collective measure likely to undermine the work of dialogue and prevention undertaking by club. What a crappy statement. <laughs> yeah, that and the fact that it was four players probably means that it was like the entire team and they're just like, Right, they were like, they were like, let's 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 make sure that you know the uh, the the non-real pre pre Parisian people, you know, get 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 blamed for that one. Yeah, like Something great. Like this is yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's just uh, you know. All your faves are problematic. And is. our next dart around the world takes us to Spain. You thought we get rid of Spain? <laughs> no, we don't. This so, wild. This yeah, this is wild. So, Getafe have removed the name Alfonso Perez from their stadium over sexist comments made by the former Real Madrid and Barcelona player about women's football. Apparently, you know, it's not that just the F, the, the, the federation as soon as the ground that's owned by the city council, but least the club, has been known as the Coliseum Alfonso Perez since its construction in 1998 in honor of the Getafe born player who. But we're now known as the Coliseum. So they just took his name out and just named it the Coliseum. Um, why? What did what did what did Perez say? Well, he said the following. I think that women's and men's football cannot be compared to all because everything depends on the income you generate and the media impact. And there's no comparison there. You can't complain about what women's football currently is. They have evolved, but they must have their feet on the ground and know they cannot be compared in any sense to a male footballer. Right? Um, Paris's comments are the latest controversies around the women's football in Spain. This summer, the national team won the Women's World Cup. And as we know, uh, Luis Rubiales, it's just, <laughs> this, this is, this, this is uh, like, like I said, you know, like, it's not that I hate Spain. Like, you know, but like it, it, they make it so easy to dislike. 
Right. Um, and also Perez, in addition, he said regarding the player's patriotism, uh, we provided the question. We said, I would force them to kiss the Spanish flag to know that they defend their country's shirt with honor and honesty. First that, and then you can protest whatever you want. I think it's good that they ask for what they consider, but the national team is above all. Once again. Just systemic, man. It's just yep. gross. Once again. Uh, now I need some now I need some Copa Libertadores news. So go ahead and just make me happy. Oh yeah. We're we're at the end here for both Libertadores and uh Sudamericana for Libertadores. Uh got a great final lined up as it should be. Uh you've got a, a Brazilian team and an Argentine team playing in Maracana in Rio. Uh it's gonna be Fluminense from Rio versus uh, Boca Juniors from uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. And I know, Rodrigo, I don't to tell you this, and Bridget, I'm sure you know, for listeners that may not know, there's a lot of history of the Maracana not going the correct way for Brazilians when they host international tournaments. Yeah, <laughs> to I don't know it, what's up with to that. To put it mildly. <laughs> to put it so, mildly, uh, someone needs to, someone needs to, like, do Olympia and that whole stadium like 30 times just to be able to be okay. But yep. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but it would be, it would be the first time in a long time for, for a team actually from Brazil to get the job done on, on home turf in Maracanã. Um, and a team from Rio nonetheless too, but Boca, you know, Boca do what Boca does and they, they made it. They, they went through Palmeiras and, uh, both the Palmeiras matches did have some clashes with uh, uh, supporters doing uh, racist things, which probably doesn't come to a surprise to a lot of people listening or definitely not you two. Um, and there were some good actions by the Palmeiras supporters as well. And and I think to the Boca supporters credits that weren't racist assholes, like they actually shut down a lot of the people that were doing it and just like, guys, you know, there, there was one where before any Brazilian supporters needed to intervene, the other Argentine uh, supporters actually physically grabbed, like, like subdued a couple of the guys before the, uh, the, the what do you call them, the stewards could come and, and take care of it. So just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. I got you right here, fool. So God, good on I'm, for taking care of it. Yeah, that's that's so nice to see because usually that's not the case in Argentina. Nope. So. Nope. So especially for from from like big clubs like Boca Junior. So that's kind of like relieving that, that there is some some sense in some people. But, you know, I mean, Cavani, I don't know. You know, the old man still got it, man. Still got the it. old man is still is knocking in goals and and VAR machines still, apparently. So, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait for the the VAR you. machine at the, uh, the Macaron. Macarena? Yeah, I was gonna say Macarena. I was gonna say Macarena. <laughs> oh, uh, amazing! I can't wait for the VR, VAR machine to be to be destroyed. Um, I, I'm I'm going to put fifty bucks on the Vegas uh, on the Vegas line to be able to make sure that you know at least it does get it does get knocked down at least once. Uh, I think that uh, I, sh- I had that match in at some point. I think it's still a couple weeks away before the yep. final there. Mm-hmm. Um. On the other side at Sudamericana, it's, a, it's another great matchup. You've got um, Fortaleza <laughs> from Brazil, which they've they've had a really interesting story, just a great trajectory. A couple, is it two or three years ago? They actually they 
they they were promoted in the same block as Goyaz, in fact. Um, and they've done considerably better than Goyaz if they're in an international championship final right now. Um, but to see them move from Serie Bay in three years to this point right now is 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 a kind of a remarkable trajectory. They've got a really good coach and a really solid team. Um, having said all of that, they're playing, I don't know, Rodrigo, arguably one of the most entertaining teams in all of South America right now uh, from Ecuador. It's LDU. Uh, just an attack that is just amazing to watch. Like, their breaks are precise. They're so fast. Um, man, yeah. they're, they're, just, they're just a great team and they're really yeah. fun to watch. And if, you know, for, for, for Zeller that I know is a betting man, I think that's the one that you, you, you bet the house on. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you let Luisa Maria bet the house on that because that's his former, <laughs> yeah. his former they're, club. They're really good. They're just, they are. They just no, they're they're, they're a very solid everyone. team. I think Fortaleza is going to have a, a tough, a, a tough, a tough match, but I, I don't know. I think, I, I think it's, you know, it depends what LEU is, is willing to put in. And, and if they, if they've been playing like they've been playing lately, I mean, that's a tough game. Yep. So it's going to be a fun I, one to watch. And assuming that if they do pull it off, which gives them the, the Libertadores birth next year, I think they're going to tear through Libertadores too and get pretty far next year. If they keep the, if they keep the squad intact. Yes. Right. 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 I think there's a couple so of expiring contacts that, that are over there, but um, I just yeah. wanted to um, um, just bring it into news. Right. Um, we watch this game. I don't know if a lot of you watch this game, but the last home game for the old rain in which Megan Rapinoe would be her last uh, home game in the NWSL. Uh, ended up being a 0-0 tie, but just overall, you know, it was a sellout crowd of, like, I want to say 31. Record. Yeah, the record, New like 31. NWSL record, yeah, 31-something. Yeah, 31,000 people were there to be able to cheer on uh, uh, our president. Um, and just overall, what a career um just overall just everything that you you know like you you dream about in a sense when you know you're you you you're dreaming about being a soccer player megan rapinos you know and in her closing statement said that she that they've lived it and and to be able to finish and start a career like in the same club it's it's and all so unheard of terms mm -hmm. all is still unheard of it's not something that yeah. happens very often no. So that needs to be celebrated. I think um, it needs to be celebrated as well. Just all the accomplishment and just the visibility of the game, of the women's game now, and the impact that um, that Megan Rapinoe has had on it. So, uh, it's one fascinating to think that... what might be coming next. Do you, do you guys have any idea? I mean, nobody does, but is there like a legit possibility that she'd go into politics? I don't know. I, I think literally, I think uh, Megan Rapinoe and Sue are just 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 going to get rid of not being professional players for a couple of years, and just I'm yeah, sure they'll still like, be active with their with just the causes. Chill and see each other. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's, that seems like a good idea. Like I'm pretty sure, that. like live in the same house for seven days a week for right, a little right, bit, right, and then go right. from there. And I think um, that there's going to be endorsement opportunities because just you know that's that's the goal is going to be there, and, and I think eventually. Eventually, she's she's, she's, she's going to do like a business. Line. Yeah, they're going to do that. She's got her business lines going. So, 
um her when they showed her family's messages i thought her her younger brother was funny he's like you have more time to spend with me now and she started like laugh crying it was it was really cute um but yeah i think she hopefully she'll take a well-deserved break uh, after all the traveling the last couple of years especially it's been non-stop so um yeah between between the two of them i i'm sure they just need to kind of sit and enjoy it for a little bit and uh, the, her season's not over she's got a little ways to go yet here so yep um a couple more games i think it looks like they're out of playoffs but um still have a couple more games to go so yeah right now portland sits up top then the wave then north carolina then gotham fc and then the washington spirits Right, and then uh, six is all rain. So you know, they and got, man, yep. speak, mm-hmm. speaking of the future, Trinity Ronman in that game. Whoo! Like there should have been a few goals there, and mm-hmm. and it seemed like she was kind of apologetic with with Pino. Like I'm sorry, I almost scored that at your going away party. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Pino was so excited about it. Like every yeah. everyone was was happy. Everyone's happy for the for the future. I think. Um, her open mic moment at the end was uh, interesting. She ended with you know a nod to the to the thirty one some thousand people who were there and said, "Look, now you need to continue showing up. <laughs> like we're here every week. Keep coming. Keep showing up. Keep watching these players. There's all these young players here, and there's you know Trinity Rodman standing right there, and all the other players on those between those two squads." Um, there's, she kept saying like, there's so much more to come in soccer. Like this is all just the beginning. And it is, it, I mean, it's really early in terms of women's soccer in the U S so, um, yeah, a, a lot to Talk come. To the very end of that. Just <laughs> thanks. Thanks to you again, Bridget, for, <laughs> you're, for you're letting you know that it like, was on broadcast yeah. TV. Yeah, that's right. I knew. You're my, I knew. You're my iPhone <laughs> alarm system. You're awesome. About was, that. It was funny. I'd been watching the news and I was about, I had forgotten about it. I didn't know it was on CBS. So I was about to turn the channel and then it comes on. I was like, oh, all right, we'll just park it on CBS for the night. That's perfect. <laughs> Let's tell everybody so I, it's on CBS. Right. So I caught like the last, I, I didn't get much of the actual match, maybe like five, 10 minutes, but I got all yeah. the, the revelry at the end. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. And not only that, I, I think I someone could, could verify me, but to switch to switch to other good news, I think Angel City is now the most the highest valued NWSL team. I think so, yeah. I think yeah. it's like above ten million dollars, right? I think. And I think that's that's amazing. That's massive. Right? Like, that's massive. And I think that's specifically for a team that's sitting in tenth place. <laughs> Um, it's massive to be able to be that and I think that's hopefully that's a model that gets replicated for new incoming teams but we don't know I mean but I mean getting the players and then getting the endorsements that's what makes a team um, as valuable as Angel City is and the young players that they have so you know looking looking great looking forward to um, not watching so much loons and watching other stuff and then just just getting things on TV. So that, that's all I have. I don't know what you guys have, but. Good place to wrap. Uh, we'll be off next week. Both Bridget and I are kind of going opposite directions. And, and <laughs> I'm going a little bit farther, but we're splitting north yeah. and south. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then we'll pick it up in a week. I, I guess at that point, we will have a clear idea of where Minnesota United lands if, if, they, uh, if they're able to pull this thing off and, and kind of get all of the, the pieces to fall in exactly the same way. But uh, high drama. It's going to be high. Yeah. Who, knows? Who knows? All the time. All the time. High drama all the time. Well, thank you to all our listeners, people who download and don't listen. Just download anyways for Patreons, our Slack channel people. Thank you all for the support. Um, we will see you in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Gotcha.